Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float. This is another good one, if I may say so myself. We've got Matthew Phillips on. He's going to be talking about marketing during the holidays. Yes, there is still time for that. And man, he talks about video marketing. He talks about text campaigns and it is fantastic. I will mention he is a fan of Flow Helm. He's, he's, a, he's a big fan of Flow Helm. I think it, it's not till later on in the episode that he mentions that, but um, he ended up doing, uh, well, he does text message campaigns for float centers, uh, along with a lot of other things he does for marketing for float centers. Um, but I actually took some of the things that he talked about and applied them. I, I sent out a text campaign to 500 people and let them know that there was a limited amount of floats ava- available for people. And I sold 16 floats that way and uh, made just under $1,000. And it was it cost me five bucks. So <laughs> it was pretty great. But I needed Float Helm to be able to do that. Float Helm created the package so that I could say there was a certain amount of them available. And that's just like one of the great things about Float Helm is that it's just so customizable. You can do what you want with it. Matthew talks about it more in the episode. He's a big fan. Definitely check it out. Floathelm.com. There's no risk. Take a free tour. Learn all the ins and the outs. Make sure it fits for you. And uh, then sign up. Also, Another thing Matthew talks about is, and this is towards the back of the show, is that uh, the guys in the marketing world of floating are oftentimes pushed back a little bit by our community. We're such do-it-yourselfers, and maybe there's a little lack of trust because a lot of outside of the float industry, there there are snake oil salesmen, and um, the people that are still with us in this industry, they've been working their butts off for years trying to figure out, you know, crack the nut to get people in to float for our float centers. They are people and they do have a passion for floating. Kyle and Alex are two of those people. They work for Maximum Floats. They are Maximum Floats and they've been working on how to get more people into your float centers and they've got a new program on how to do just that and and, uh, grow longevity with it. It's really cool. I definitely encourage everybody to investigate it, check it out, talk to Kyle and Alex, learn about it, see if it's a good fit for you, and uh, go to MaximumFloats.com to do just that. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I am your co-host, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my beautiful wife, Sandra. And I think the only advertising I've done, Facebook, Instagram, and like one newspaper ad when we first opened, I would never do that again. No good, very bad, don't do it. And I'm Kim Hannon. I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband, we have historically kept to the old faithful and have run paid ads on Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, <coughs> we've gotten a lot of press, but paid ads, just those two. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I also have done what Kim has done, and I think only ever done Instagram or Facebook, but this year I might change that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we are intrigued. This is uh, Gloria from Float 60, and we've done it all. Um, We have done Facebook. We've done Snapchat filter advertising. We've done uh, newspaper. We've done a little bit of PR investment. So we literally had a PR person helping us. Um, So, yeah, we've kind of run the gamut. So I'm very excited about the the discussion we're going to have tonight because we need to refine it for sure. Nice. Well, there's a reason we're all we're all talking about our marketing spend and what we're spending it on because we have Matthew Phillips on tonight. Matthew, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks Very for having me. Very good to have you. Thanks so much for being here. Matthew wants to dive into something that I know essentially nothing about, so I'm really excited to talk about it. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube advertising, and Matthew thinks there's there's a reason we should be spending time there. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think. Just, I, I think even more of like a general message would be video advertising. Okay. You know, like, um, so yeah, YouTube obviously is is huge, but just a video and and messages and how to actually essentially reach out to the right person with the right message. You know, the sixty year old grandma struggling with fibromyalgia isn't going to be interested, you know, in the meditation benefits. And if you okay. introduce her to those, and she sees that. You know, and she doesn't know what floating is, you know, in reality, you probably lost, you know, uh, a client forever right there. You know? Sure. 
Yeah, so. Well, I I am super excited to talk about the targeting portion because I think that's something a lot of float center owners have trouble with, uh, especially once you dive into Facebook, which by the way, like changes every single week. All your menus are in a different place. It's it's very difficult uh, or you just counterintuitive perhaps. But I'm also curious on how you're building videos. How do you recommend creating videos in the first place? So, yeah, so I, I, I came up, uh, through marketing, through a guy named Billy Jean. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Billy Jean's marketing. He's out of San Diego. And uh, he is, honestly, he caught my attention about three years ago. I just saw the most over-the-top ad ever, right? And um, he basically was kind of kickstarting YouTube, essentially, back in the day. Um, but essentially, his formula, which I really adopted, was First off, you, you really want to think about who you want to reach, right? So I think, hey, I want to reach, you know, the Rogan fan or, hey, I want to reach maybe the meditation crowd, right? And then the, the next thing I do is I look for the perfect music track, right? So, you know, our, our, our literally we have three times more receptors uh, in our ears to our brains than our eyes do, right? Nice. So when you can actually get that sensory, you know, input coming from the audio sense too, um, you're going to have a lot more success. So typically what I do is I, I find that perfect track and I play it over and over and over again. And I think about first, I want to talk, if I'm, if I'm hitting somebody who essentially is typing in fibromyalgia or how do I heal my arthritis, right? Well, with YouTube in, in general, with the in-stream added, you have the opportunity to skip an ad in five seconds. Your first job you got to do is you got to get their attention within five seconds so they don't hit skip, Right. And really, in, in reality, there's no local businesses, pretty much no local businesses advertised on YouTube. One, because um, essentially, you know, they don't know how to do it. Two is they're scared of video. Three is they think it's, you know, way too expensive, right? So the first thing I do is I call the city out by name. You know, first off, I say, you know, hey, Phoenix, you know, 99.99% of people aren't even essentially hearing, hey, Phoenix, when they go on YouTube, if they live in Phoenix. So first off, I kept their attention there. And, you know, if they're typing in Joe Rogan on YouTube, I say, hey, Phoenix, are you a fan of Joe Rogan? Huh. Right. So right when they're looking for Joe Rogan, right when they're watching Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, I essentially I'm showing a video there. Right. So when I think of the, the epic, when I think of Joe Rogan, I'm thinking of a, uh, I'm thinking of mostly a male crowd tends to be younger, goes up to that 40, 45 niche, but they tend to fall off about there. So I'm looking for epic music so what i do then is i go and i get that epic music and i write the perfect script to it right and once i get that perfect script i send it over to get a voiceover and that's only then when i start to actually piece it together right so really for me it goes who am i trying to reach you know and then i first off i go and make sure that there's enough search volume on you know essentially Mm -hmm. youtube right and then i write the script and then i piece it together and what i found is if you make a video that's going to work really well on youtube 100% 100% of the time, it's going to work on Facebook. Okay. But if you make a video that essentially uh, works on Facebook, 100% of the time, it's not going to work on YouTube, right? So hmm. I always think first of you know YouTube just because I know that it's, it's essentially going to work on Facebook you know, if I start there. You know. So why do you say that, Matt? Like you and I, so a little background here, you and I had a, a conversation about some of this stuff bef- a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's some of what you said, like just really hit home, loved your strategy and some things just blew my mind. Yeah. So why do you think that if you create something for um, Facebook, it wouldn't necessarily work on YouTube? Well, most videos that are created on Facebook, you know, you're using copy, right? So for the most part, you know, people can write a, make a pretty minimal video and they can use copy essentially to do that. Well, with YouTube, you know, first off, you got to call out the city by name. You got to introduce them to whatever their interest is. Then you got to explain to them what floating is in the actual video or introduce them to floating in the way they need to be introduced. Then you got to introduce them to your float center to an offer. And then at the end, you know, essentially, you know, or I'm sorry, at the end, you're introducing to the offer. Right. Um, so really, you don't have that copy to dictate, you know, the ad like you do on Facebook. So the video itself on YouTube is the ad and it's going to work regardless of copy or not, you know? Um, so, so that's pretty much the reason why, you know, and it's just much more hyper-targeted. Like if I'm thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm running an ad to somebody who's typing in fibromyalgia or arthritis or lower back pain or sciatica, 
and I want to talk to him from that, you know, pers- perspective. I'm going to be like, hey, Jacksonville, you know, are you curious why everyone's talking about the pain relief they get from floating? You know, talk to him like it's already accepted, you know. Um, so I'm going to break that down just a little bit for folks who don't know, like marketing terminology. Copy sure. is just simply your caption. Sure, and so exactly. the way, that big difference is on Facebook, you can put in a lengthy caption, you can put in all the details, you can, you know, put in links to things and all of that. Where on YouTube, it's really, it has to be kind of embedded into the video itself. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah exactly. that's that's something that I had never really even considered, but I don't do a lot on YouTube. <laughs> Well, it's it, yeah. YouTube is a very much a you know, and I don't want to make this all about YouTube because Facebook okay. I think even performs you know better once you got the right video. Um, but I don't want to make this all about YouTube. But YouTube really is kind of like this abyss, right? Like there's really not many people that know how to advertise on YouTube, and out of a hundred people that do know, there might be one one percent of them actually do the local market. Most of them are doing more like nationwide things. It's it's pretty tough to actually really navigate and figure out how to how to, to make a YouTube ad work for a local market. I mean, I, I don't even want to go into it, right, because it's, it's going to blow your head. I don't even want to say blow your mind. I might be kind of talking over, the like, just the word copy, right? Like, I'm talking about, you right. know, going into target CPAs and, you know, so, cost per action. And, you know, Matthew, you, you see, yeah, you, you clearly have a knowledge base. So maybe now is a good time to step back for a moment and, and understand what is your background? How do you know this information? And how are you intersecting with the float industry? So I started floating like seven or eight years ago when I lived in Nashville. I was living in Nashville playing music. And uh, nice. I, I had a girlfriend that I was dating who like essentially you know, told me about it. Then I watched a video on it and I was like hooked. And like the next day I ended up at float Nashville for my first float. <laughs> nice. um, Shout out to like, Amy and Mark. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I, then I did like three floats there, but um, I ended up moving back to nice. Virginia and I was like obsessed with the concept of, you know, trying to open a float center. But in the reality, I just didn't have the credit or the money to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, but funny enough, my sister was working for float first who uh, obviously that was the uh, float center that superior float tanks owned. And uh, hmm. I essentially just kind of started, you know, running the center there on the weekends. Um, and then essentially, you know, before Superior Float Tanks was Superior Float Tanks, there were U.S. Float Tanks. I came on and actually started helping them with sales and marketing and re- was really there for, for them for the first three and a half years of business, you know, with Superior Float Tanks. So I kind of sat back and, and, and I, you know, I've talked to so many people in the industry and, and I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, not guard. I don't, I don't want to like be blunt or, or guard this, but a lot, a lot of people in the float industry are struggling, right? You know, totally. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. talk about yeah. that. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. That is yeah. no secret. A lot of people are struggling, right? Like, a lot of people are struggling. And I would listen to people tell me the same thing and well, not, not necessarily the same thing, but I, I, I would just slowly kind of hear them talk about what they're doing and kind of find and listen to kind of what was working and what wasn't working. And I, kind of noticed this common theme that everybody was trying trying to kind of put one message out there hmm. for everybody, you know? Hmm. And this is pre-COVID, the by the way. Like, pre-COVID, people are yeah, struggling, like, having a tough time running float centers. This is pre-pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, just want to make yeah. sure that's clear. Yeah, exactly. This is way, yeah, way, way pre-pandemic. And then, um, yeah, I just, you know, at Superior Float Tanks, loved that position. It was a great job. But in the end, like, I just was kind of ready for something else and, um, I just started kind of running some ads actually for free for some float centers just to kind of test some things, got some really good results. And then really, uh, I was working with, uh, I'd moved to San Diego and, uh, Derek Shepard owned reset float therapy. And I was like really trying to figure out a video for YouTube. And we, we essentially, you know, created the Rogan video. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And I mean, like literally we had that running and within, I mean, li- literally people would just go through the funnel and they were buying floats. Like he sold like four or five floats the first day without even contacting people. And it was funny because I actually posted on Float Collective about that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, obviously I was really excited and sounded, you know, kind of too good to be true, you know, but, uh, hmm. but I saw, you know, there's something really powerful about YouTube. And then I began testing, you know kind of a lot of videos and kind of promoted, not that uh, I only liked YouTube, but I, I promoted YouTube because all the other marketers were talking Facebook. Mm. And then of course I was pretty good at Facebook. I'm obviously very proficient now. Um, but, uh, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, 
be different and, and work on a different platform, you know. So. Speaking of different platforms, Matt, I'm curious about your take on TikTok. So I personally don't know much about TikTok. The only thing I would say I think about TikTok would be that the average person that's going to be on there is young. They're not going to have yeah. disposable income. So you're probably going to yeah. get a lot of you're going to get a lot of shares and likes and a lot of attention. But at the end of the day, you don't make money with likes and and you know. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess you do in some some form. Like, uh, if you get a ton of shares on Facebook and then people see that organic post, that's probably going to go to a better end. You know or Facebook or Instagram is going to go to a better end, you know, mm-hmm. user that actually would have the, the disposable income to come in your center. But I know TikToks, you know, people are going viral with it. I just don't know. Gloria is. Um, Gloria. Her employee. Gloria go viral. Yeah. Couple. And I yeah. could be completely wrong, yeah. but I just assume yeah, it's a younger. Missy's killing that. Group. Yeah, I've got one employee who's particularly proficient at TikTok, and she uh, posted a couple uh, videos of our affiliate tank, and it went crazy, like 14 or 15 million views, and it was like seven seconds. It was crazy, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. All I do know is that after that video uh, went viral, all of the float centers around the U.S. were getting calls that were asking how old you had to be to float. <laughs> yes. So yes. you're absolutely and I right. Think that's an interesting piece about it is I feel like TikTok is one of those like national platforms. Right. It's a big, huge, like yeah. hard to be hyper just local industry thing, but yeah. it's really hard to go regional. And um and I think, you know, Matt, when you and I talked before, I think that's what was so unique about what you're doing going regional with YouTube is just unheard of. Like, you know, I think we're all used to some of that with Facebook and Instagram, and we all have a lot of room to improve and to learn and continue doing some of that. And um, I just feel like I think you're probably the only person I've talked to in the marketing float center uh, bubble that really does anything um, with YouTube. I'm curious, though, have you seen a difference based on um, ads that you've run for Facebook versus Insta versus YouTube? Like, has there been any one particular piece that's been more effective or one particular platform that's been more effective than another? I would say um, with this really solid video, really solid copy, uh, a purchase conversion and the right targeting, Facebook typically outperforms YouTube. However, YouTube will, and, but when I say that, I mean, there's some, and I, and I don't want, I'm not sitting here to toot my own horn, but there's something very powerful about cinematic videos, right? So like, let's say you're targeting, you know, the Joe Rogan fan with a, an image and you're putting the same copy and you're doing the same purchase conversion. Well, the video is going to perform probably three to four times better, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, like we talked about first, obviously, you know, when you're including audio in there, you're getting people much more emotionally charged, especially when you're, you know, picking the right audio. But two, that videos just perform much better on Facebook, and uh, the longer somebody stays on Facebook watching or interacting with essentially, you know, your uh, your ad or your media, you're going to get a higher relevance score. So what happens is you're going to then start you know, that ad's going to start being pushed out to more relevant people and you're going to start hitting the people that are going to buy much more frequently than if you were to brand like kind of a basic image ad, you know. Um, I would say Facebook and, you know, Facebook and Instagram in most markets, you know, will will out-compete out YouTube, but then there's some markets where it's just like YouTube's like just insane, you know, insane like insanity, you know, like. I have a Rogan video that's been going for balance float in San Francisco for like two years now. And I mean, like, I kid you not, the guy's probably sold maybe 1200 floats for that video or something, you know, like it's insanity. And it's like, once you get that dialed in, you know, with, with YouTube, if, if you do, if you can get it dialed in or like float STL, like they, there's a slideshow video. We've been spending like $45 a day on that thing. And it's just bringing them in clients nonstop. So can we talk about the format of these videos? Because I think for the average float center owner video, that's an intimidating idea, right? Like, Mm -hmm. do I need to get a camera on my shoulder and be filming somebody? You know, how much production goes into this? You just mentioned a slideshow, which makes me think, okay, there's some flexibility to this. Like, how important is... Even like the lighting, you mentioned voiceover work in there. You're you're talking about the uh, making sure the p- perfect music is in there. 
what is the flexibility for what these things are looking like? And also, if I can just insert this real quick too, as, as you talk about this, YouTube has like that five second thing for an advertiser advertisement before you can click it. Yeah. So I'm just hovering, just waiting until I can click that button. You mentioned calling out the city. What else are you doing within that? I think it's five seconds. You probably know better than me um, to make sure that you engage them and make them want to, to watch that video. Well, it's really about what you're typing in versus what I'm doing. I mean, it's a, it's a blending of what you're typing in or what you're watching and then what I'm doing. So, like, you're typically, you know, skipping that because, you know, you're seeing, like, a, a commercial for, like, a national brand or something, right? I, I but don't want to make on, a new website, Squarespace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if you, but if you go online and you type in, like, you know, best USB vo- voiceover mic and then... All of a sudden, you're you're studying that on YouTube, and then all of a sudden, you get hit with an ad that says, "Hey, are you looking for a great USB voiceover mic?" You're probably not going to skip it, right? You know? Right. So, yes. so in reality, it's first off, you know, thinking of, you think first about what they're typing in or what they're watching, nice, right? And then you talk to them based on that, and that's the difference, you know. Um, so it's more hyper targeted, you know. The the thing with the thing with these larger brands on YouTube is that they don't need to be so hyper targeted mm. because it's a much larger area to pull from. Like Google can find the data of that user, you know, after after you get with with YouTube after you get fifteen conversions, you can essentially tell Google what you want to pay for your conversion, whether it's a sale, whether it's a lead or whatever. Okay. With YouTube, right? So like if you're in the if you're just doing all the United States, I mean there's so many people to pull from. But if I'm just doing a local market, like I need to get really hyper targeted there, you know. Um, to, to give it better information. Sometimes I have issue with Facebook advertising when I get too specific. Do you not have issues with that and and with Google? Um, like it says too niche, like, ah, this isn't going to reach enough people or it's too specific. You'll, you'll know things about people as they come in type thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So typically what I do in that case is, uh, you, you always add on, I, I like to add on interest-based targeting. So like, um, let's say you're putting in, you know, let's say you're, targeting fibromyalgia, you know, arthritis, there's a little box underneath there that you can check. And really what it says is, let's say that you're targeting, you know, fibromyalgia and in your city, there's like 15,000 people, right? And then you check that little box and it actually opens up your whole city. But what it's saying is it's going to start first in that 15,000. But if it finds essentially first, like uh, it starts finding something similar about the way that ads converting, and they and it sees similar things outside of those fifteen thousand people in that entire crowd. Then it's going to start pushing it out to people outside. Okay. So essentially, you're just it's it's just finding the data of the people that are converting, and then it's and then it's expanding past your actual interest. So like, I'm a big fan of that. Like, I'm a big fan of like getting really niche targeting, but then turning on detailed expansion, audience expansion. So it kind of opens up your entire area. You know. Um, okay. And then it's just using kind of that data, you know, and I find that those ads go forever, you know, I mean, when they're, when they're done really well, you know. And can, so can we talk a little bit more about the production? Um, let's, yeah, totally. I, I want to just stick with that for a little bit here. Like again, the video, like how are you, you slides, t- walk me through this, yeah. talk to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> actually really freaking easy once you get the hang of it. So there's really three, two things I, I, um, you really need like I have a membership to something called Storyblocks. It's three hundred and fifty dollars a year, where you can pay like seventy bucks a month, but you get unlimited four K footage, unlimited huh. audio, unlimited images, right? And um, and in reality, like I said, the first thing I do is you know think of who I'm going to reach, and then I'm going to find the music. So I go in there and I look for music, I play that on repeat, and then I write my script, right? I think about my script, and then once I get that, I send that to Fiverr, a voiceover artist of Fiverr. Oh, no. They do the voiceover. What? Right, and then I throw it, and then I just throw it. I I have a very basic editor. I could could be you know using a, a much higher end editor, right? But like, I put my voiceover script there. I put my music there, and then I start looking on, you know, uh, looking on story blocks for footage. I you know obviously you guys have the art of the float footage, right? Or don't you guys have some yeah video and you guys photography? Get? Yeah. So like you could essentially use that, but like there's. Some things essentially actually on story blocks I have from floating. I've, I've accrued some foot footage, you know, just from helping people out, like as trade and things. So I have nice. kind of like a set amount of footage that I can use that I have the, the okay to use. And then I just go there. But I mean, really, once I get that voiceover and I'm just paste and I'm just kind of piecing the footage together, I mean, 
it's a 10, 15 minute process from there. You put the logo at the end. I mean, I mean, it sounds, it sounds pretty tough, but like, it's very, very, once you get pretty decent, which is basic video editing mm-hmm. and a simple formula, it's very easy to create like a video, uh, that could possibly like expand, you know, bring so many people in your doors or it could possibly fail. Like I've tried a lot of things on YouTube that do fail, you know? So like, you know, um, you know, you, you could essentially spend your time to, to find out that that video is not going to work. Right. But like, once you once you get used to it, I mean, it's actually a pretty quick process, you know. Like, it, I guess that's my formula, right? I think everybody can create their own formula, <laughs> but I'm just sharing with you my formula. You know, I'm I'm big into like cinematic, like cinematic kind of like just emotional, you know, trying to really catch that, you know, just catch the emotion in the human being, and then catch them, you know, based on what they're typing, like really catch them in the moment, the second that's happening, and introduce them to floating as kind of the solution for what they're looking for, and. And really, you know, when you do that right, you create a much higher emotional response in the person and they're more likely to buy, you know, Hmm. Um, you know, so like typically, you know, when you do it right and you have a great video, um, they're at, they're kind of at this peak of emotion. You really want to try and push them through the funnel fast to buy. That's what I found. So like. I have a formula for that as well, you know. Um, I, I, the other YouTube. thing I wanted to ask about was the yeah. funnel that you mentioned. Do you, do you mind? Yeah, so on YouTube, um, I've found, you know, you can try, I don't even really want to go into it, you know, you can try optimizing for purchases and in some markets it crushes it, but usually actually leads works really well. And uh, just to kind of share with you what I do is, let's say that I have my Joe Rogan video, they click the ad, I send them to a landing page, it's just basically all Joe Rogan out. I got like the the Joe Rogan sensory deprivation YouTube video on there, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The one that's on He's there, right? The and one. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all and, know it. And then it'll and then it'll just say, you know, uh, blank float center invites you to try Joe for, Joe Rogan's favorite tool for whatever the offer is. It's just a summary there. They click the button and uh, a form pops up. You know, it says, you know, basically put in your name, your your email, your phone, and they hit I'm ready for the tank. And what I do is um, once they do that, takes them to the thank you page, and um, you have an actual conversion tag on that thank you page, which tells YouTube, hey, this is a lead. And uh, it says, uh, thank you, you know, we're sending you an email to verify that um, you have successfully registered. Feel free to book your session now by clicking the button below to assure you get the rate. And they click the button, and I send them to a Helm package, and I always have um, the 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 float center owner keep it um at nine or below right because on all my videos i say only 30 spots available and it will say limit three per person only six remaining right and um basically you know one out of four one out of five people will buy anywhere between one and three floats on the fly like that so if you can get your lead lead cost of four or five bucks you know Mm. essentially that converts really well and then on helm all you're really doing is you're creating a package and you're just adding more units to the overall unit so it's always going to be between five and nine remaining or three and nine remaining but you're really what you're doing is you're giving <laughs> people a reason to buy and a reason to buy right now like funny. people people really need a reason to buy right now because so funny. if they don't they're not they're not going to buy you know, Everything on Amazon is. only has five units left or nine, exactly. you know, whatever. Exactly. Well, away. it's it's really funny you say that because I posted a, just an Instagram story the other day and it was a, a screenshot of our schedule and I had one appointment left for the day and I just, you know, circled one appointment left for Saturday and posted that. It got booked almost immediately and it was actually one of my friends who doesn't, she's not a good floater. We'll just say that. And she will, she will tell the world she's very extroverted. She hates being alone with her thoughts. And, um, she came to yoga classes with me and thought it was torturous. Meanwhile, her sister had like this enlightenment moment. So, but that's the fascinating thing. She has floated before and she said it was nice, but I was bored. It's not really my thing, but she saw that post that there was only one spot left and she jumped on it. Yeah. And human behavior, whenever scarcity is a factor, right. is just fascinating. I'll tell you, like, and if you're a float center out there, like, and you're, let's just say, like, you're just struggling right now and you need people to get in, like, like a simple SMS campaign where you, like, I, I mean, I'll share this. It's just, like, literally, like, greetings from float center name. Uh, you know, Black Friday starts now. Enjoy a 60-minute float for, let's say, like, the regular price is 79. You say 45 or 49 regular 79, only 30 spots available. Click the link 
and then you click the link, and it takes them to a package where it says, like, uh, limit three per person, only 28 remaining, and you say 30. Well, what happens is you have a feeding frenzy in the first 10 minutes, right? And if you keep adding units to this overall <laughs> amount, like, I, I kid you not, like, we have sold over 320 floats in 72 hours for a center that way, you know? And I've helped a couple centers sell over 200 floats, you know, um, in 72 hours. Like, literally, there's just something about literally, like, that limit, you know, only this amount remaining, and people are watching mm-hmm. it go down. And then in that moment where they watch it go down, they, they realize the FOMO of them missing out is greater than the reason not to buy. So they commit to themselves that they're going to buy, right? Hmm. And if you can get them to psychologically say, hey, I'm going to buy, like, they're going to buy at some point, you know? Um, it's, it's crazy. It's like people need FOMO. FOMO is like right. the most important thing. And it's, and it's great for you to use because it gets people in your center, you know, like, it gets people in, and that's the most important thing is to get people in your center because, you know, obviously you're not going to make m- money if you don't get them in there, but they're never going to experience floating, you know, and that's the reality. You know? Especially if you can get people to buy three floats, you know, one time, that's great. I mean, if you can get them to actually try floating three times, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, but, you know. So I always recommend putting a limit, like limit three per person because if you put that there, then people are actually – they're not, if you don't put that there, people aren't going to think, hey, I'll buy three. But if you put that there, they're going to think, oh, I can buy three. And then they get in this, like, greedy, like, squirrel with the nut thing. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get all three right now. You know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It's, it's important to, like, put an overall amount remaining and then a limit per person, you know, whether that's three, whether that's four, you know, because that's going to help you. You get more ROI. But then, two, it's going to help them, you know, essentially get more opportunities to flow and actually – and if they actually do come in and flow three, four times, there's a way better chance that they're going to keep coming to your center. You know? Then you're going to so, have a member there too. Um, I think you already said this, but my so my wife and I locked horns. Oh, there's no no uglier time in our house than than uh, like Black Friday planning for Black Friday. Yeah. Um, it, it is ugly, but um, we were talking about: do we send somebody to like a lead page, or do we send somebody directly to the purchase page uh, from our newsletter or from our ads? And it sounds like you're going straight to the purchase page. They don't need to know any anything else. Is that well, accurate? Um, that's on the text campaign. Okay. Um, on my Black Friday, like Facebook ads, I would I'd send them to a landing page that has a countdown timer. Oh, wow. um, that's it's just God. going down and then they click the button and it goes directly to helm or directly to acuity but i set it up for purchases you know because purchase a purchase conversion you know when you're doing a purchase conversion you're automatically including retargeting i don't know if you know what i mean by that but all it means is when you're optimizing a facebook ad for a purchase or a youtube ad for purchase um it's finding the people that are most likely to buy based on like hmm. how they're interacting with your ad how much of the video they're watching and it's going to keep following them around until they actually pull the trigger. Maybe they're going to watch the video first and they're going to add a card, then they're going to abandon the card, right. you know, and then it's just going to kind of keep following them around or whatever. So like, but yeah, I, I, on, on all of my ads um, for holidays, I always have a countdown timer. Like we actually just did something called black November and it was branded as a seven day flash sale. Right. But it ran the whole month of November. And, um, and basically the reason why you can do that is because I sent people to a, a dynamic, uh, or a landing page that actually had a dynamic countdown timer, right? So what it means is based on IP addresses. So if, like, you visited, you know, that landing page on Monday at 1 p.m., your seven-day countdown timer would start. But if Kim visited on Wednesday at 8.30, that's when her countdown timer would start. Because most, you know, purchases that happen on Facebook happen in a seven-day window, they don't even count it. So um, in reality, everybody had their own dynamic countdown timer based on IP addresses, you know. Um, so, and I branded as a seven day flash sale. I mean, it went really well, you know, so, but yeah, uh, for holidays, for holidays, I highly recommend, uh, if you're running ads to, to take them to a landing page. Um, but when they click the button on the landing page, it goes directly to the link, you know? So, okay. Yeah. Wow. I got a lot to process here. Kim, do you, do you have any questions? <laughs> I might be talking. I, I have a lot to talk. I'm sorry if I'm like just going. No. This is great. This is I so love good. this. I love this stuff. There's so much marketing and the creativity and like the problem solving piece. And then there's that human like brain behavior that like, that's why I love doing anything related to marketing. I'm curious, Drew, you've been kind of quiet tonight. Um, yeah. 
I got some yeah, questions. Yeah, I see you like nice. you look like a sponge <laughs> yeah. over there. So like, give it back. What have All you right. got? So a couple things. I just wanted to um, bring it back to the video part. You you had mentioned that you put together a video using a Joe Rogan video, and you were talking about music. Are there any copyright issues? And so are you literally taking a video that's already on YouTube and then using that to make an ad with it? Uh, so I'm not taking a video that's on YouTube. On my Joe Rogan video, I actually do use audio where it's saying where he's like saying the sensory deprivation float tank is right. The so, single most important. Yeah, tool. yeah. I yeah. use just an audio clip of him saying that. Let's. I, I got to be honest. It's somewhat of a gray area when it comes to that. It's not black okay. or white, right? Um, but you know, on YouTube, we run it as an unlisted ad, so you can't you can't find it when you search it. And then we make it visible, you know, on Facebook with our ads. But um, you know, I would say in a lot of in a lot of times, maybe you know that's pushing the limit. But in the case that Joe Rogan loves floating and he understands what it is and probably understands how to, you know to I, I I don't think there's really any problem with it. But but you know, like I said, it's a gray area. Um, Right there, I'm just using the audio there. But, but it doesn't people get are, pulled People are down. doing that everywhere. People do yeah. that everywhere, you know? It doesn't okay. get pulled down. Yeah, that is yeah. the, the Yeah, <laughs> it's not getting pulled down. Okay. Yeah. And then if, um, like you were talking about, if people are on YouTube searching for specific things, it may not necessarily be floating that they are searching. It might be anxiety or depression, whatever it may be. Are you sh- Are you using a video that shows people floating? To address that, or are you not showing floating in particular, but are showing a video? Like, I guess what I'm getting at, I just got a GoPro. Can I make an ad for YouTube in my float center? I mean, there's not a ton of stuff to do. You show someone floating, right? Yeah. So, if, <laughs> so like, reality. You know, how's that feel? <laughs> yeah. In, right. in reality, if you get if you get a little bit of float footage, like that's good enough to make 20 videos, right? Like that. That's the way I look at it, right? So it's like. Um, so uh, I'm just having a brain fart right here. Uh, what, refer- ask the question one more time, man. I just had a brain fart there. Sorry. Go for no, it. no problem. So um, I was just asking about what you show people depending gotcha. on, you know, the subject. Like you said, you'll, you could do a bunch of with someone mm-hmm. showing someone floating. But for me, I have just float. Not a ton I can do other than show my float center and floating. So would I be using other stuff to show someone's yeah, anxious or – Exactly, because the reality is there's hardly any search volume for floating on on YouTube. There's some, right? But like on a local level, it's going to be like hardly non-existent, right? So, but if you if you go and use some, if you go and use what's called Google Keyword Planner, and you type in your city, and let's say you type in anxiety, it'll show you like how many searches there are on a monthly mm-hmm. basis. And for something like anxiety, that word, there's probably something like ten thousand searches a month in most cities, right? So. Yeah, you're not going to start the video off and floating. It's going to be like, it's going to be like, hey, Charlottesville, like, God, it does doesn't anxiety suck? You know, I'm not saying, uh-huh. you know, but it's going to start like that. It's like, and then you go really, and you really want to get into the feeling and mm-hmm. talk about how crippling it is, and like literally paint the picture of their life for them, like how it's how how it's this huge issue, right? And then. And that's kind of this dark, ominous music. That's the way I do it, right? It's like 2020. Has it sucked as much for you <laughs> yeah, as it has yeah. for the rest <laughs> of us? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, cue like the angelic voices. And then all of a sudden, you're the floating and your float center is the answer, you know? Like, okay. So, yeah, that's, I'm, that's kind I'm of I'm curious. It, you know? right. So, Matt, like one of the things, Facebook is really, really strict on how you're targeting your audience and even saying something like, do you deal with anxiety? Facebook will reject your ad. Um, I don't know enough about YouTube. Is it the same on YouTube? Are they that strict, or could no, you YouTube, do something no, like that? YouTube's a lot less strict. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, YouTube's a lot less strict. You can you can pretty much get away with you know almost anything on YouTube versus you Facebook. That, didn't you say that on on YouTube? It's if it works on YouTube, it's going to work on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. But yeah, but like Kim said, there are some things like okay. With Facebook, like right now, especially with COVID, like uh, I've noticed like mm. using the word stress too much or the word anxiety on Facebook too much right oh, now interesting. is kind of tough, you know, like you'll get your ads rejected pretty easily. Uh, that's right? happening. So like, yeah. Yeah. Which so is like fascinating that it, Facebook is like Facebook obviously sees that right. those are hot topics right now. Right. And they don't want to overwhelm um, people with on, on one hand, I appreciate that they're trying to make sure that people aren't getting uh, hit with a bunch of snake oil ads, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, for those who have legitimate services, mm-hmm. it's super frustrating. 
Yeah, um, and then the reality is, that. like, how you kind of, on Facebook, you got to kind of, like, write the copy in a non-direct way, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. so, if it's about anxiety, it's not about their anxiety. It's about maybe the anxiety you had, you know? And then, you know, so you can find a way around it, but it's it's really about, like, how you're kind of writing the copy. You don't want to put anxiety on the person, right, or depression sure. on the person. You want to kind of put it on yourself, in a way, yeah. in the copy, somehow, you know? You, you know, that between that and you know talking to Facebook support, you know, you can t- I can typically get anything through. You know, I, I just gotta. You have access to who? What? Yeah, yeah, Facebook support. I mean, you you can chat. Anybody can do it. You can chat with them if your ads get disapproved. You know, and if you have ad, if you have an ad account, you can. I did. That's not the only that. way, okay. really. <laughs> but you can get some customer support there. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, Matt. Another question. So. um Again, I've ne- I have never run YouTube videos, so let's say I make a video and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I think this will be great. What is that price? I, I think you said YouTube is a little more expensive than Facebook. What are you looking at that would be a good spend on you know, if a seven-day campaign? Or, or is that even how it works for YouTube? Do you, is it you need to spend $1,000 in a month to, to get any type of true um, – benefit from the video is it you can you'll see something in just a couple a uh, couple hundred dollars how how does that work so actually youtube's much cheaper than facebook because and the reason is um first off there's way less competition so like everyone and their mom advertises on facebook right because it's much easier to advertise on facebook there's more competition well, easy. So, so it's not i don't want to say the word easy but it's yeah. easier yeah. right yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to say the word easy, but, uh, you know, you can just have an image ad and write some copy and you have an ad up, but can't do that on YouTube, right? So uh, there's much less competition. So typically, you know, you can reach somebody for about a penny who's actively typing in, you know, um, something that your your video is talking about. But uh, um, there's, I don't want to, to kind of answer your question, I'm going to sound kind of techy here, um, but it really depends on essentially how you're setting your ad up, right? Like, if you do what's called like a cost per view setting on YouTube, you're essentially just, you know, telling, you know, YouTube, hey, I want to get the most views for this. But um, views don't really necessarily translate to people taking action and making money. Uh, if you do a cost per action, like typically if, if you're not seeing results within like the first 15 or 20 bucks, like it's probably not going to work, you know. So, you know, I try and keep my lead costs to like five or six bucks or sometimes more, maybe five to eight dollars on YouTube maybe. Matthew, if it's not clear by now, we we want nerd. We want you to be nerdy about okay, it. Cool, like, cool, we cool. we yeah, appreciate cool. that you're a nerd for this, and we're, we're fiending for this information. So yeah, you're, sure. you're great. Um, does anybody and uh, does anybody have any questions you wanted to ask before we wrap up? Uh, I guess Matt, do you, do you is this what you do full time? I don't know if I missed that earlier. You're full time marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. Not exclusively in the flow niche, but almost you know almost exclusively. I do some. Before COVID, I did a lot of concerts, you know, for like venues and tours and stuff. But uh, yeah, pretty much it's floating and like wellness therapies. How would somebody contact you if they were interested (laughs) in your services? Uh, You know, I mean, I there's I have I I don't have a real website, uh, but if you go and you can't even put in www, but if you put in floatoffers.com, you can essentially it'll take you to a landing page that kind of shows you some of my sample videos and like results that I've had. Mm. Um, and you can, you know, click the button, put in your information. I also have a, uh, Facebook page called it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's called, it's a no thing spelled K N O W. It's supposed to be kind of like a not like nothing. Right. Nice. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, it's a no thing, you know, are, are you um, trying to say a lot of your reach has been through organic reach people, word of mouth. Is that, it's most, okay. I started running ads, but yeah, at this point it's just, you know, results, just people share because of results. And I, yeah, at this point, most of yeah. the time it's centers reaching out to me. You know, that's cool. That's great. I have to say that's, but that's it wasn't kind like that of the first. way, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way it works in the float world is yeah. word of mouth is your most powerful advertising sure. in such a small group. Yeah. And, um, that's how I learned about you, Matt, and how you ended up on the show tonight. You know, we had another float center owner who, um, it speaks very highly of you and how much you've helped him in his uh, center. And so um, I was curious to learn a little bit more. And we're we're very, very grateful to have you on tonight. If you 
could leave just one little nugget about what you wish every float center uh, knew or what they would do um, in advertising terms, what would that be? Whether it's the most important thing, if you don't have float home, you should have float home, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) for many reasons. Like, and this is not even me, you know, uh, not even me hitting or promoting. It's just there's so many things on the marketing side that float home does. Like, that's awesome. I mean, and yeah, I'm talking about like the Google conversion labels, Google IDs, Mm -hmm. and then just the fact that you can run a purchase ad. Like, first off, if you're not running float home and you're a float center, like, almost kiss goodbye to getting results if you're going to try and do it yourself, I would say. So, like, if you really are going to attempt doing marketing and you're a float center and you're trying to do it on your own, like, at least get Float Helm to start. You know? Damn. So, awesome. yeah, it's important. There's like, there's our Float Helm ad for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Can we make that at the top of the show? <laughs> That's great. Uh, thank you so much. I, I just want to run this past you one more time. Um, yeah. It's a no thing is uh, on Facebook. Uh, no www, but floatoffers.com uh, yeah. for online uh, a seance. If just to spiritually reach out to you, and then is there an email address somebody can also yeah, yeah, yeah. directly uh, you, contact you? <laughs> sure, yeah. It, it's a no thing at Gmail, which is i t s a k n o w t h i n g at gmail.com. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Dude, thank you so much for being on tonight. Uh, Absolutely, guys. Cool. So educational, so inspiring. Yeah, I awesome. need thank to make you. a video as like right now, as soon as we <laughs> I got to get started and, on this. And everyone, and everyone in the industry is so do it yourself. And that's, I think everyone needs to start like coming together and working on this kind of stuff. You know, nice. like, I think if all of you guys start attempting to make videos on your own, it's like, when I take it to the next level, I think it's so important. Right? You guys are all DIY peeps, you know, for the most part, everyone in the industry is that way. You know? Well, and you know, I hate to like extend this out another for another question, but um, what is somebody reaching out to you for? Is it to put the video together? Do they make a video and then you're um, deciding how it should be advertised? Like, what exactly are you going to do for for somebody? So, I pretty much have videos. uh, Like I said, when it comes to videos, like uh, not necessarily for Facebook, for YouTube, a lot of them just don't work. So, typically, when I when people reach out to me, it's like. I have kind of template videos that work, you know, for pretty much everyone, you know. So I make like kind of three videos to start form and then I run them on Facebook and YouTube. And then um, with my monthly program, you always get a brand new video every three months. And then I support you during all the holidays, like Valentine's Damn. Day and Christmas and, you know. Um, hmm. that, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty solid. And if I can chime in on that, I think knowing as a float center owner and a marketer myself, like ha- wearing both of those hats, what I have learned is number one, it is so hard to find the time to do all the things you need to do. And there are so many things that I know how to do and I don't necessarily have the time, whether that's because I'm running the float center, I'm helping my own clients or whatever it is. And having somebody who like just knows the back end, who can handle all of that, like it's just peace of mind. And I always tell people like, yeah, I'm, I specialize in social media on the organic side. What I'm providing to you isn't, yeah, I'm giving you content, but I'm giving you peace of mind. And I think that's true with everybody in our industry, especially, you know, folks like Matt who are here like to help there's so much peace of mind of just knowing somebody else is on your team and that can help and actually do this stuff because there's something so daunting about sitting down with a platform. And even if you have great content and you know it to sit down and actually do the setup and then are you doing it correctly? Are you looking at the analytics and and able to adjust and pivot and um, change where things need to be changed? Because you can learn a lot by watching an ad's performance and you should be changing things on the fly if they're not performing well and having somebody who is dedicated to watching that and knows what they're doing. It's just, it's peace of mind. It really, really is. And something so. you said triggered something into that. I, I want to leave this with is I just want to remind that everyone in the flow community, that every marketer that is in this community chooses to be here. Right. And it's just as hard for us to, as it is for you guys, right. Because it's a tough industry. So just remember, like, as a collective, that anybody that is coming into this industry or sticking in this industry, it's like they're here, right? Like, 
there's some people like Demetrius Whitehead, like, you know, Kyle and Alex, like myself, like that guy Greg, you know. Yeah, Andy Sher, yeah, exactly. People like that, I mean, that are sticking with this industry, like mm. there's a there's a huge heart into it. And you got you got it there's gotta be I'd like to see more openness towards us, towards people like us. Mm. Uh just because we could be, you know, doing gyms. Like we, we have the skill set for it, right? We could be doing gyms or we could be doing chiropractors and charging three thousand a month, but we're still here, right? Like right. Right. just just remember that, you know. Like I would nice. I would like you know, I would like to just point that out. Cool. Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, you know, we are doing COVID has kind of opened us to like make sure that we're getting advertisers on, like to talking about marketing, talking about sure. advertising, and um, hopefully this this will help people see the humans behind, uh, you know, the uh, Facebook advertising group posts. You know, where it just pops up, but you don't know who they are, why they're doing this. I, I really appreciate that comment. Thank you, yeah, and thank, thank you for being on tonight. I truly appreciate guys. it. Absolutely. And uh, until next time, thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. There's Matthew Phillips. Uh, so many gems in this one. I love this episode. Uh, I can't wait to re-re-listen to this episode. I've already listened to it twice. I love it. And uh, I just want to say thanks to Kim for taking show notes live while we're doing the episodes. Thanks to Drew and Gloria for being here. Special thanks to Matthew. Really appreciate it. And thanks to our sponsors. Uh, big shout out to Float Helm. Big shout out to Maximum Floats. And shout out to Kim's business as well, Mindful Solutions. That's Mindful, F-U-L-L, dot solutions. And she's going to help put out your social media. So you don't have to think about every single day getting something out there. She's going to queue things up for you and make sure that uh, your organic reach is getting further your interaction is going further it's really awesome that's what's been happening with the float shop since we signed up so again mindful two l's dot solutions is where you want to go to check out her stuff you can also just like dm her on facebook and all that stuff she's very responsive until next week try your own text campaign or better yet just hire matthew see you next week